I think we listen to it as a podcast, right? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Zombie Teeth Podcast. I'm Paul, your host. You can find me over at Zombie Teeth Clothing on Instagram, Facebook, or you can go to zombieteethclothing.com and have a look at all the shit I sell. Now, you may have noticed that there was new music at the beginning of that. Exciting times. This is music that was written especially for me by Alex Hay of the Barstool Preachers. And I promise that is the only time that the Barstool Preachers are mentioned in this episode. Thanks, Alex, for that music. It's great. It makes me laugh every time I hear the word zombie teeth in the music. I will be putting his website link into the description of the podcast. You can also head over to alexdhaymusic.com to see what else he's done. And that's Alex D, the letter D, hey, H-A-Y, or H, before the alphabet police come and get me, Music. Dot com. So thanks for that, Alex. And like I say, no more, no more barstool preachers mentioned throughout this episode. So if you are playing the drinking game, you're going to be very sober, unfortunately. So I hope everyone's doing okay. Hope you're all keeping well. You know, it's still a very trying time. I've not personally had to deal with anything this last week. However, someone I follow on Instagram. It's been having quite a tough time. Uh, I've been checking in with her daily, making sure that she's doing okay, letting her know that she can talk to me if she needs to. Um, And I think sometimes that's the most important thing, you know, making people understand that they're not alone. So feel free to reach out to me on my social media if you need me. And let's talk about what's on today's episode. I speak to Jenna and Marcia of Mobina Galore. Um, Really nice interview, nice people, and as you will hear early on in the podcast, I got to see a puppy. So let's get going. Hello. hello hello thanks for having us that's okay and i've already seen the puppy as well so the 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 payment oh, yeah. for rescheduling has, has yeah. already been done, so <laughs> love it we don't, we don't have to worry about that that's um, great yeah i told told a friend who who's a big fan of yours uh i was like i'm gonna see a puppy later nobody else <laughs> that, nobody else that listens to the podcast is gonna be able to see it because it's an audio only only me <laughs> Yeah, so, totally. So. <laughs> Lucky you. Lucky me. So, you're gonna um, have you're gonna have to show me the pup at some point, Mars. See if she's as cute on screen as off screen. Yeah, sure. I'll do that in in a few minutes. I woke her up to show him in the first place. <laughs> she's that, back, and I'll let her sleep for a little bit. Sweet. Is that why she barely moved? She was just like, yeah, like, she's why? pretty chill. <laughs> why is this happening? So, um, yeah. um, let me introduce you. So on today's episode, I'm joined by Jenna and Marcia, aka Mabina Galore. Hello. 
Hello. Uh, welcome. Just so you know, I am not a journalist. I am definitely not a radio presenter. Uh, I'm just a photographer and an artist that started a podcast during lockdown. So if I'm really awkward, I apologize. <laughs> I love it. We're <laughs> barely musicians, but we're in a band. So it's great. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I actually watched um, some interviews with you over the last week, just kind of doing a little bit of research. And there's one where the guy that's interviewing starts talking to you in French. And, yeah. And Jenna's face is like, what, what, the, hell, what the hell are you saying? So, you're not going to start speaking. You're not going to start speaking French to us, are you? I can barely speak English. So. <laughs> Perfect. That's Perfect. So, um, okay. So first off, like Mabina Galore, how, how did you two meet? Well, the band started and we met uh, kind of at the same time when we were living in Fernie, British Columbia. And it's a mountain town. So you basically just go there to snowboard or ski and just party and have a good time. So we met through sort of a mutual friend when we both were down there. And, that, and then we just kind of started playing music right away when we first met. And it was like kind of a different project. And also Mars had kind of just started playing drums again after a little bit in high school. And same with me, like I played guitar when I was younger, took lessons, but kind of didn't play it seriously. And so we just started jamming a bunch late night coming home from the bar. And I'm sure it was awful, but <laughs> as every, like, as every band starts that way, we just, we're just, yeah, we, I just, ha I just happened to have all the gear at my house. So we just sort of like, whatever, we just jammed and, and then it just very quickly turned into this <laughs> i suppose hitting the road and writing songs and all that kind of stuff yeah because you've got a you've got a documentary on youtube mm -hmm. um which i watched a couple of times because i watched it once and while i was working and i was like oh it was really good and then i was like i need to watch it again because i'm sure i've missed something and i don't know what i expected to be different the second time around but it was just as enjoyable the second time around so um so in cool. in the documentary i'm not sure where i was going with that in the documentary what was i on about oh <laughs> yes um so yeah in the documentary when you're talking about things you talk about how it was you that was like oh i booked a tour so you are you the the kind of like okay we're, we're doing this now and it's like oh okay that's <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it all started. And I want to say it's still to that degree. Um, like having, having had watched the documentary, you know, that it was sort of like we were in the studio and also we were getting ready for a tour at exactly the same time. So yeah. that is, that is a theme of our existence as a band is having like too much stuff on our plate at once all my fault for sure. Cause I'll just book stuff or if a cool opportunity comes up, I'll say, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll figure that out somehow. So I think that's just like been part of the band from the beginning is me just like booking stuff and me knowing that Marcia can take the time off and will probably say yes. And I don't think she said no to anything so far. It's been like, not that I can think of. I mean, there has to be some, I think I've given you attitude about a couple things, but I don't think I've ever said no. <laughs> yeah. And like, we're, I try to be more, more aware of, for example, our niece and nephew's birthdays, because we've missed so many of them. 
And the first few that you miss, I don't like, aren't the hugest deal because they're not going to remember it's more for you. But now I'm, I'm a little bit more cautious of that. And we'll try to make sure that we're not away every birthday. You know what I mean? Like some of those, mm. those celebratory things at home, that's nice to be around for that. We just, cause like every year in May, we're usually overseas and, but also there's like a bunch of birthdays at that time. So it's kind of like trying to find that balance of being able to enjoy stuff when you're home and then also taking advantage of opportunities. So, so yeah, I think I've gotten a little bit better at not just, you know, ignoring our home life as well. When yeah, it comes I to so. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it seems whatever it is you're doing does seem to be working, you know, yeah. like with me, with when people ask me to do artwork, I'll maybe have four other things that I need to do. And it's like, oh, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. And then I'm like, okay, well, this one needs doing this day. This needs to be doing by this day. How am I going to get them all done? And then I end up spending like every week yeah. and staying up super late trying to finish it. But exactly. I always get it done and it always <laughs> turns out okay. So, you know. Totally. I um, think I work well under that type of pressure in a sense. Like I need a deadline regardless mm. of how much is within that yeah i agree. I kind of need it yeah also as an artist or a musician you just kind of never know when your next offer is going to come so it's hard to say no to anything even if they're all at the same time <laughs> yeah I've, I've i don't think i've said no to anything in the last like 18 months anything that comes to me can you do this right. yes right um, but if they don't give me a deadline i will forget about it have you read the book by shonda rhimes called the year of yes um no, I've heard of it. It's really inspiring. <laughs> it's just about, how, do you know Shonda Rhimes? Uh, again, I, I know the name. I think we listened to it as a podcast, right? Or, or as a a audio book. Audiobook. Yeah, she created the shows Grey's Anatomy and oh, right, yeah, yeah. With Murder and um, what's that one, Jenna, where I will always like the one that, with Olivia? Handle. Scandal. <laughs> She's a writer and creator of all those shows. And, but she was just a super introverted person who didn't like to do anything outside of right by herself. So she just challenged herself to saying yes to every single opportunity that came to her in, in a, like for a year. And it was great. It was really inspiring when I even like little things like her daughter would be like, mom, can you just play with me for five minutes before work? And usually she'd say, no, I have to work. And she was like, yes, five minutes. And she would just do those little things to like, to when people invite you out to the party and you're just tired and you're like, I don't feel like socializing, but yes, I'll go to this party. Even if it's just for a little bit, you know? Mm. So, so should we be starting like a half a year of yes, since it's already <laughs> August? I would or argue that we like call it a write-off. I would argue that our lives are alive, lives of yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but great. We're ahead of the track. 2021, the year of yes. That's yeah. going to be, um, yeah, I might have to check that out because, yeah, I've, I've found that good things have come from, you know, maybe somebody will, will ask me to do something small and I'll just quickly do it and then they'll come back to me and, and it'll get to a bigger, to a bigger right. thing. And then, you know, this, this was just me being like, I'm in lockdown, I'm working from home, what can I do? I hate the way that I talk, which I found <laughs> from doing the podcast. <laughs> and I don't know if, I don't know if it's, I'm sure I don't talk like this when I'm not on the podcast. I find that, especially with people that are in, that are not from the UK, I tend to 
uh, like pause a lot or enunciate words that I wouldn't normally enunciate. So then when oh, I'm editing yeah. it, I'm like, why would I say, I don't, why am I saying it like that? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought about that, but, but yeah, like listen, because I mean, who really likes to listen to themselves talk? I feel like most people don't, but when you're going through the act of it, it's like, oh, this is fun and I'm enjoying myself. But then you have, as a, someone who's hosting a podcast, you have to listen to yourself back. Like yeah, you have I no was, choice. To- yeah. I was, I was saying to uh, Marcy before he came in, the more, because I'm up to episode, I've done like 14 episodes. And now I actually, because I've listened to my voice that much, I actually feel like I sound, when I'm listening to it, how I sound when I'm speaking. And it's really strange. Oh, wow. Um, That's interesting. I don't hate it quite as much <laughs> until <laughs> until I start yeah. saying certain things. And I'm just like, oh, God, what are you doing? <laughs> are there any things you find... Anything you find yourself saying at, to when you're speaking to Canadians specifically? Well, you're the second lot of Canadians that I've spoken mm. to. There's only one other Canadian that I've spoken to. Right. Um, and uh, she is um, French speaking. Uh, her first her first language is French. So so she does find it kind of hard when, when there was two other people in the podcast as well. So when we're all talking. You could just see her kind of like waiting for that that little nugget of something that she could understand to be like, yes, I can understand that. Yeah, um, right. So, but I've but speaking to her because uh, I'm not sure where she's from in Canada, but she basically said that in Canada, if you are traveling from city to city or area to area to play shows, they're all super far away. Like a six-hour drive is is like a standard journey to go totally yeah i would argue that six hours is short for canada (laughs) yeah it's a lot you have to kind of choose an area we're in the center so we we do more western tours because we can get to more cities that way we can drive for six hours and get to the first city and then a few more a few more a few more a few more and then do maybe like you know five cities or something but there's really only you know, five cities within that, like, close enough range that you can drive to all of them every day. So then on your way home, you're bound to have like a straight shot of like 12 hours and then 10 hours or whatever. Um, Or you have to go east for us and drive a full 24 hours to get to like the greater Toronto area. And then you can play a few places around there. But it's a lot. There's a lot of space. There's a lot of space. crazy. If you drove yeah. for if you drove for six hours in the UK, you'd be in the ocean. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's why we always come to Europe. It it makes yeah. it makes more sense. It costs us money to get there, but then once we're there, it's so much quicker to get places. But yeah. I don't know. It like you need to you need to tour around your own cities and in your mm. own country because you don't need to deal with visas or flights or anything like that. And it kind of depends on your genre too, like we say that it, it, we kind of have to drive for 24 hours to get to the Toronto area to start playing shows. There are places in between, but we've just never had luck playing at any of these shows. But then I do tour posters for this one band who's, or for a couple bands who aren't in the punk world at all. And I'm like writing down all of these cities and well, more so towns in Canada that I've barely heard of. I'm like, how did you get a show at this random place? Like when I'm doing their tour posters, but it's so genre specific. In Canada, I find a lot of cities that as a punk band or like a heavier band, you can only play 
the more of the major cities. So a lot of these small towns in between, like if you're a country or instrumental or something, you can folky, you can kind of play anywhere and not have to drive for 24 hours to get there. But in our genre, it's, it's very difficult. It's like, you really have to pick and choose uh, or, or sorry, you don't have the option to pick and choose which cities to go to, but I'm like, yeah, hop over to the UK and just do a whole tour there and drive for like just a couple hours between shows. Even though sometimes if you're in like London or something, it could take you an hour even to get out of the city and then yeah. continue your drive, right? <laughs> like there's, there's pros and cons to all of it, but obviously we don't love, like we've driven 13 hours to go play a show after playing a show in Winnipeg that we didn't go to bed at like until like four in the morning. And then we drove for 13 hours to get, get to the next sound check. And we're like, the fuck are we doing here? But then you do it again. Like it's so dumb. Yeah. So, but you were, were, weren't you supposed to be in Europe like now or recently? Yeah, we were supposed to be in Europe in April, May. And then we had a UK tour in the works. It wasn't announced or finished or anything. But we were playing Rebellion Fest, so that was, I think, like beginning of August. Yeah, I was supposed like to be there. Yeah, so that was gonna, that was like the anchor for the UK tour, but it never even got completed or anything. So that just that was that just fizzled away quickly. Everything, quickly. everything like everything. Fizzled away. Yeah, totally. So this year was going to be my year. <laughs> oh. That's brutal. It's, <laughs> it's just so like so shitty for everyone in so many different ways, you know, that like, yeah, exactly. Like a, for, as a photographer, you're, you have a certain goal and then you're like so close to getting there. And then does that just like automatically pass on to 2021 if the festival goes on or do you have to like re reapply to try to get, you know, your pass again? And that is a good question, you know, and I, don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the, I'm, I'm going backwards here. Um, when you were talking about recording the album and then going on tour straight afterwards. Now you watch the documentary and towards the end, um, if anyone's not seen it, you should go and watch it. It's on YouTube. It's really good. But I'm going to not spoil it. But it, yeah, can it you spoil matter. a documentary? Is that- I don't think. So. I don't think so because every, <laughs> like everyone knows what happened. The album came out. It yeah. was a success. Um, so towards the end, you kind of seem like you're like, never again. Why, why did we do this? Never again. We're not doing it again. Yeah. But in hindsight, was, was there benefits to doing it that way? You were on such a short time schedule and it had to be done. Did you find that when you look back now, do you think, okay, maybe if we'd had more time, maybe something would have been overthought and then it would have ended up something like we didn't want it, you know, like some of the kind of raw passion in the, the, you know, some of the way the lyrics are delivered. Like if you had more time, would they have kind of been not diluted, but refined to a point where they didn't kind of get the point across quite as well as they do? I don't think so. I think like now looking back, it's fine because it's really easy to forget that stressed out feeling. When I watched the documentary, I haven't in a while, but I, I, know, I know what you mean. And like, we were like, I remember being very tense in that moment. Um, I think it would have been great if we could have moved the recording up a week and then just had an extra week to practice for the tour. That would have been great, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it would have changed the recording. It just would have made us more rehearsed for the tour. But nothing 
overly negative happened on that tour that I'm like, if only I had one more week. It was just, it's all, it's all just, everything just happens. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and it's, yeah. it was all, it was all, it was all good. And we had a great time and we had a great time recording. It was mostly just those last couple of days that were very stressful. Yeah. I, I feel like when we're recording, we're stressed out near the end because you're just, you've got so many, so much riding on this in your head. Like you just want to have this finished product that you're proud of. So yeah. I think it kind of worked out also because like how, how I was saying, like I work better under sort of under pressure, like knowing there's a deadline. And at a point in the documentary, I'm like, when it was the last day and we were just waiting around because the our producer just had this, this th- uh, thing come up. And so we we're just like waiting for a few hours, making us kind of stressed out about like, wait, should we be just practicing now? Like our old songs, but then you don't want to, like it was weird because we were p- playing all these new songs in the studio that some of them were barely even songs until we finished. And then we had to go on the road and play an entirely different set of songs. So yeah, having like maybe two more days to practice would have been good. But at the same time, like, that deadline really made us focus in on those last few days and get everything done. Because like I'd said in the doc, once we leave, we're not coming back, which we could have come back like a few weeks later after the tour, but that wouldn't have been ideal. So we had the whole tour to listen to the couple for the first couple board mixes that came in and you've got nothing but time when you're on tour. So we would just listen and make notes on the mix. So it kind of like, it worked out well that that all happened back to back. So I mean, we did say we're never going to do that again. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens. We'll I don't know. We just like, I don't know why we do that. And then also because we had like, we had other plans surrounding, like surrounding both the tour and the recording that we wanted, like just fun stuff that we were doing. Like we went to the girls just one weekend in Mexico and Justin Timberlake was playing in Winnipeg. So we like had these little things that we wanted to do for ourselves, which we so rarely do that it was like, this is the only time that we can squeeze in all of this stuff at once. So I want to say that it was worth it because we came out. I'm sure the first show of the tour was awful. I actually do remember it and I was extremely um, unrehearsed and sketchy. So, but like, who cares? Whatever. Yeah. We only, we only had to impress single mothers, like no big deal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it didn't matter. The band, the band single mothers, not yeah. like someone like, happened to have children in the crowd. Yeah, I was about to say that. that yeah, that's the, the, the band single mothers. Right? <laughs> of course. But, you know, the, the album's great. You know? Thank you. And it's one of those ones that I had to get on vinyl as well as I need to get on vinyl so that I can have it. Nice. Yeah, we're really happy with the way that it turned out. So, uh, you know, given more time, who knows what would have happened? Or maybe it would be maybe it would be exactly the same. Or maybe our producer would have gotten carried away and been like, we've got one more day. Let's try to add this. And then all of a sudden, like there's something (laughs) weird and off about it. Like he's always wanting to get us to put like claps in it or like just weird, just stuff that doesn't fit the vibe. He's like, can't you hear it? And we're like, shut up. Like we don't want (laughs) this weird little like keyboard solo in the middle of this song that had like the band that has no keyboards in it. So it's like, I feel like if we had more time, we would have just been shutting down jp's uh, <laughs> creative mind a little too much <laughs> an electric saw yeah, yeah exactly. like, love all <laughs> maybe not on this record you know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I watched a um an interview with uh, smelly from no effects recently and he said that the album that most people hate by them which is heavy pain zoo he was like 
that was really overthought. Um, people, the album that people love, we didn't think about it at all. We just kind of went in and made and did it. Yeah, that that's that's a really uh, like really sensitive thing, and it depends on your uh, it depends on the band. Like, there's some like you mentioned face to face earlier. I listened to face to face a little bit growing up, like just new songs and could knew who they were when I heard his heard his voice, and then but like didn't really listen to them all that much. Like I didn't have any CDs or anything, but then protection came out. It was like three years ago or something like that. And it's very produced and way like way cleaner than any of their other stuff. But both Mars and I just instantly fell in love with that record and listened to it a ton when we were on tour because the songs were still so good. It may have sat like the clarity of everything and the production may like, maybe some people don't like that record and think it's overproduced, but we both just loved the sound of it. So there's like, there's a very fine line. And also depending if you're like a super fan of a band and they kind of make a little bit of a change in more of a polished or poppy direction, people are just going to be like, what the fuck is this? And get all pissy (laughs) about it. Right. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. like that's a pretty fine line of of which direction to go in the studio and like when to just take a step back and be like, whoa, what was like what was our original vision and try trying to stick with that it can be tough because you're in the studio and you have access to like literally anything and any instrument and any sound and any production that you want that sometimes you just have too much fun with it and need to step back and be like, no, 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 that sounds cool, but let's not actually add it into the mix because it's not, it's not our brand, you know, but it's, mm. I don't know, studio is fun though. It's fun to get a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the music and the lyrics of your songs on your website, it says vocally aggressive um, power, was it power chord? Power chord. Huh? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Something like that. So your style of singing is, is as it says, vocally aggressive, but, the lyrics are very are full of kind of meaning and emotion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I latched on to, to you because I live for songs that make me feel something. If I can listen to a song and it makes me feel something, then it's like, that's good writing. It's oh, like absolutely. Something, something almost makes me cry. And it's exactly. like, oh, why are you listening to it then? Because <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Me too. And the fact that there's only two of you as well, like there's like it's like a wall of sound at times, and it just comes from two of you, and it's 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 really impressive. Because I saw you on one of the Rock Room videos on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. This that was the first time I'd ever seen anything that you two had done. Cool. And as it as it started, I was like, okay, <laughs> like whenever whenever there's two people in a band, and it's not, I'm not like. I'm always rooting for them. I'm like, come on then, you can do this. <laughs> Two people. So how did you find the rock room videos? I think I was just on YouTube and yeah. it was just going because um, I'd found Bad Cop, Bad Cop videos on there and I started watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was, and then it'd go through like Pears and Sincere Engineer and Spanish Love Songs. And, and eventually I heard, I don't even remember which song it was, but I heard the beginning of the song and I looked up and I was like, oh, there's only two people. Uh, that's you know? cool. Usually, I, I rock rooms full. Of yeah, people. I always find it really interesting how people hear of our band, and even more so, what the first thing they heard or saw of us, like first video they've seen of us, if it wasn't at an actual show. Like we're on a, a record label here in in Canada, New Damage Records. They the first thing that the the girl who signed us, her the first video she saw of us was this live video we did here in Winnipeg for Vancouver. You remember this Mars, right? Like that that was the first video she saw. Yeah. And she just like after the fact 
we'd met her a bunch of times and like she's in Toronto, so she's not with the label anymore. But when we would, when we would be in Toronto, we'd meet up with her. We met up at punk rock bowling one time. And then like however many months later, like years later after the first release with, with her, she told us that that was the first video she saw of us. And I was like, Oh my God. Like when I think of that video, I just remember that day and being, yeah. yeah. And just, it was like insane. And she, that was like her. And I just don't remember us sounding or me personally sounding good in that video. And she was like, no, that's what sold me on it. And I was like, what? When I watch, still when that pops up, if I'm watching YouTube, it'll like come up in the rotation and I have to skip it. I'm like, oh God, it just, <laughs> I feel like it was so, I just feel like we're so different now. Yeah. I explain how, but well, I mean, I guess it's just experience. That was so long ago in, in the scheme of what we've done since, as far as live performances, that I feel like that's a different band playing in that video. Yeah, you're right. I feel that, I do feel that way about a lot of, a lot of our live videos that I see pop up and stuff. There's like old Pooza Fest videos or like on that tour. And I'm like, what are we even playing? Like, what song is this? Like, yeah. so, but like, still like- I used to wear skin tight cardigans like on stage. Oh, I don't remember that, but it was only a few years ago. <laughs> like, yeah, you really can evolve quite quickly, but that's also goes back to how we just went into this so soon you know like we barely had a vision of like of of what we wanted us to sound like and wanted us to look like because there's there is a portion of of live music that's you know what you look like and you like how you present yourself and yeah looking at some old videos we're just like what the hell were we wearing <laughs> like did we not get ready for this show <laughs> did, we not know? did we not know there would be a camera <laughs> sometimes you don't know there's cameras and then all of a sudden there's videos on YouTube. Like I've actually had to ask people to take videos down of us. Cause I'm like, what is this? Like, I don't even, <laughs> I don't feel comfortable with this representation. <laughs> yeah. Here's a question for you. So this is a, a photographer type question because I know photographers get very sensitive and uh, like upset if you post their pictures and you don't tag them in it. So I, and I fully appreciate that. Anytime I post a picture of us, I, or if I like save an image online, I'll post who um, put it in the file name of like whoever the photographer was. So I try to find them on Instagram and tag them in it, but you can't always find it. Yeah. And so photographers generally get very upset about that. And then there's, then there's the perspective of the band and people will just take videos of you or photographers will take videos of, or photos of you and just post it all online and not ask for your permission. So how do you feel about that scenario and how it goes both ways? See, I, with like the kind of art and stuff as well, like there's times where people will share my art and they won't tag me in it. Mm -hmm. And if I spot it, I'll just kind of comment and be like, oh, it's my art. And I'm, ne I'm never like shitty about it. But if, if I take photos of a band, I will always put the photos into say like a Google Drive and send them the link and say, oh, look, here's some photos that I took of you feel free to use them and if you know say the first time i'm ta i'm tagged in the photo that it's but then if the photos post again you know six months down the line and they forget you know i understand that sometimes it's not the easiest thing but i know and but i like I say i've only been doing it a year so ask me in 10 years when i'm, <laughs> yeah, when I'm bitter and um <laughs> no but i know that that some photographers take it very seriously mm -hmm. and like I, I do get it i do get yeah. it yeah um whereas i do it for you know I, I do it because i enjoy it you know I, I've, I've not made 
any money out of doing the photography i generally go and i will you know the most i get is i'll i'll get into the show for free and i'll take the photos but that's that's enough for me and i always share my work with with the artist um or the band and then yeah the other way around like you know like I say whenever i take photos of a band i always have their permission to do it i've never taken photos of a band without them knowing that i'm there yeah right yeah I, I always like that when like and it's usually when we're playing a bigger show probably because the people want to take photos of the headliner, not us, but it's easy to ask the opening opening band if, you know, they can get on the, uh, get a photo pass and stuff. But I always love when someone, cause we'll get asked that pretty much every show that we're doing a bigger headline tour. And I'm totally fine with it because it, at the same time, like if we can get them in for free for the show and then they can, you know, the standard, like first three songs, they can take photos, no flash. Great. And then if we're going to get photos out of it as well, then it's kind of like a barter system. So I feel like that always works really well mm. for people who just kind of want to go to the show and like shoot a, their favorite band and they can't contact them directly. So going through the opening band is often a, a, a good way to do it. Right. And like you're saying, you had yeah. a connection with face to face to get into this festival. Like that's yeah. what it's all about is just no kind of knowing people and not being a dick, you know? Yeah, that that's, that's it. I mean, I, I've, I've only used the, um, the opening act twice to <laughs> shows. and uh, to be fair this the second time was the open I know somebody in the opening acts band and I wanted to see them probably more than the main band so that one's a bit of a gray area <laughs> uh, but I, I also if I contact the band and and you know like and they're happy to I also will do like a like a shoot with them I'll, I'll do like photos like promotional kind of and, and then just send them the photos because, you know, I enjoy doing it and it gets them something. And you were t- uh, you mentioned punk rock bowling earlier. And one of the things, because I've seen the f- photos, I think it is, of you playing that. Yeah. What is it like playing on such a massive stage when there's only two of you? It was weird, mostly. <laughs> like, we've done it a few times now, those outdoor stages that are really big. It's just always a little strange playing those festival stages because you have to mostly use the stage gear and not your own stuff. And you have like 15 minutes, not even like, let's say, let's say like eight minutes for yourself. If there's a 15 minute changeover, you only get half of that to set your stuff up. So you, you can't like adjust everything how you would normally play it. And Jenna, Jenna rarely knows exactly what her amps are gonna sound like up there. And um, the space between us, I think, isn't as weird for me as just playing on this outdoor stage with this outdoor sound, which is never as good in the monitors. And I know that Jenna, a lot of stages have like a bounce to them and that really fucks with her. I want to say that the punk rock bowling one was just a con, it was like concrete or something. That was that, like that whole festival. I don't know. There's a million stories about that, that we could tell not generally in the positive. So we won't go in that direction. So that's kind of like where my mind goes when I think of playing on that stage though the stage hands and the the guy who was running the stage was super nice and they were all super nice because with us like we're only two people so we like to set up side by side and that becomes a serious issue for some people when it really shouldn't be that big of a deal especially when you're dealing with drum risers cuz you just 
unhook them or like unlock them, roll them wherever you want to put them and then roll them back to wherever you want to put them after that. So I want to, I think that they were, they were really nice and they did let us set up side by side. So that helped uh, like that helped big time. But sometimes they just, they have a stationary drum riser and you can't move it. So then we have no option, but to kind of look off balanced on a big stage. And like some of those huge stages are big for even a four piece band, you know, Mm. but uh, yeah, that one in particular was uh yeah it was just like weird leading up to it but i do remember the the stage hands being super nice and but we only played five songs i think it was so it was like holy shit we really gotta like i think we had to cut a song like right before we started we're like we're not gonna be able everything to everything got pushed back like we were like the second band second, to play yeah. in the afternoon and it was their first year at a new location in vegas and so they were just very unprepared so everything got pushed back what Jenna, like an hour or something? Well, I want to say, and I want to say, yeah, I want to say an hour. That's probably a good guess. Like people weren't even in the gates. Like people weren't even inside. And again, I mentioned the new damage. Uh, Gina, she was there, and she was waiting in line to get in. But she was waiting in line, like as a having a guest list pass, and yeah. still waiting in line. She's like, I'm not even in the like in the grounds yet. And you guys are supposed to start in 10 minutes. And we're like, well, the first band hasn't like, it was so stressful for us in this band beside us backstage in our little like makeshift green rooms that it was just like, everything was just so high stress and they don't give a shit about the opening band. So it was like, we needed to get on and off stage basically as quickly as possible. And um, yeah, it was, it was weird. (laughs) Seems like, and a lot of the times those stages as well, the, the, the barriers kind of really far away as well from the stage yeah and uh, not only on a massive script on a massive stage Mm -hmm. that's so true super far away people are far away and i remember uh, there too because like it's vegas in summertime and it was so hot outside and there was uh it must have been like the top of the the stage was casting this like long sharp shadow so nobody was, and it slowly moved closer to the stage as the day went on. So when the day started, it was just blasting heat all in the front of the stage. So nobody was standing out front. They were all standing behind in the shade on this line. So everyone was just so, and I get it. It was so hot up there, but it just felt weird because like you're saying, there's this huge stage and then there's this big barrier between you and the audience, but then there's this blazing sun. So everyone's standing behind the shade and it was, it just all day people slowly moved closer and closer to the stage. So by the time, like, you know, whatever time, five or 6 PM, everyone's finally at the front of the stage, like rocking out, like they, like you want them to be. Cause it's just so hot and everyone's drinking beer. Like people are just going to pass out if they're not <laughs> standing in the shade. Definitely. So if it was in the UK, you'd be fine. Cause it just rains. Yeah. <laughs> just get rained on (laughs) (laughs) although it has it was we had an unseasonably warm week a couple of weeks ago it's like 35 degrees that's what we've been doing for like a month it's too hot for me i love it literally rained for the last two days non-stop yeah we need more rain rain. Yeah. yeah it rained overnight but we like it's been so dry and hot here and it's uh yeah i don't know who knows Excellent. So, um, so the last thing I've got is, um, so like all these bands that I've spoken to, um, complaining about being in lockdown because they're like, I can't see my bandmates. I don't need, you know, you two are in this, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but it might not be might not be perfect. You know, mm-hmm. I've not been there to to tell. But you know, you're you're together to be able to say, well, you know, we can still do things together. You know, we can still things. So during this time, have you you, you know have you been writing new new stuff because you've been home? So or have you just been having a break? Yeah, so when it first started, we were doing a lot of online shows. We did this series called Happy Any Hour on YouTube, which was fun, and it kept us playing music and kind of motivated despite the circumstances. But then we, but then we bought a house, and then so <laughs> we, we just kind of got distracted from music, and like we just started a whole new phase of life, which was being stressed out to sell our current house <laughs> in a pandemic <laughs> when nobody knew what that would be like after we had already bought this other house. And then once that was all great and fine and everything worked out, we spent the next like month or whatever moving. So it was, honestly, we've just been busy with other life stuff for the past couple of months and not playing much music at all. But I think that we're both starting to get like a little antsy for that. So, so I'm sure it's only going to get busier musically around here. Hopefully our, Mm. our new puppy likes the music (laughs) or something else. We were joking today because we were, we've just been playing, like we have music on in the house all the time. And then like a heavier song came on and she just like lied there and didn't care. So like, maybe we should just start blasting Mobina galore in the house to get her used to it. And then as soon as we go down and jam in the basement, she'll just be like, Oh yeah, I know this song and like keep sleeping or whatever. But like, even if bands, cause I, I know what you mean. We're like, there's bandmates who, and it depends on where you live, who can't even play music together or can't jam or anything. But like, we live in the same house and we did play two shows a few weeks back here in the city to fundraise for a venue. And we still have all of our stuff is still just sitting in the cases in our jam room in the basement. That's easy for us to get to. We just need to walk downstairs. So it's like, even if you live together, chances are you're probably going to get distracted by other life things because like, when do you get the chance to do it? Even like with you and your podcast, you're like, I didn't have this podcast before all of this happened because it just never would have really crossed your mind in the sense that, you're just sitting around with time. So we're just finding time to do other stuff. But yeah, I'm pretty eager to write some more songs, but we've got one new song that we played at these shows and we are stoked with like sort of the vibe of it. So we're, we're going to just like base our new writing on that song and just maybe like maybe do an EP, just record a few songs or something. We're not totally sure, but um, yeah, it's been be the goal. It would be, oh, if, if you, um, insert puppy, <laughs> if you see that we are releasing an EP sometime early next year, then know that we're very impressed with ourselves and that we really got it together <laughs> late 2020 because we've been saying for months, oh, we need our like three more songs for a four song EP, but we still need those three songs. So yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to buy a puppy and then you're going to just continue to not play. (laughs) We're just taking advantage of it. I think like trying to look on the bright side of everything and, and like being home in Winnipeg in the summer is the best time to be in Winnipeg. Like people don't tour through here 
very much. People skip the city a lot. People don't come vacation here in the city. So like you have the whole city to yourself and it's so hot and I love the heat. Mars doesn't so much, but like it's beautiful in the city in the summer. So it's actually nice to be here during the time when it's nice out and not just minus 40 degrees in the winter when we're always, always seem to be home, you know? So it's nice to just like be at one with, with your own city that we, uh, we leave every summer and go somewhere else, you know? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there are, there is people that I've spoken to that are just like, I'm just enjoying the break. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the longest I've been home for, for a long time, but you know, you've, you've bought a new house and you say you were stressing about that. And I, I, I personally just feel like you live off stress. You're just looking from, you're going from one stressful thing <laughs> to another and just like, right, what's next? I'll buy a puppy and then uh, yeah, exactly. house train it. And uh, that's the next. And then I'll get, I'll get stressed about us not having played music in a month in about a week when it's been a month. I'll be like, Marcia, we need to start playing music. Like, are we even a band anymore? And so yeah, one, one stress to the next. I think that's a good way to put it, (laughs) but like happy stress, you know, for every time Jenna asked me, are we even a band anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, you know, because yeah, you, you kind of, the house not really creating but you're making a space music you're creating so it is a happy stress because you're getting an outcome to it it's not just stress for stress's sake absolutely like stress for somebody else's business or Mm. you know somebody else's deadline it's all it's all us like it's up to us whether we want to be stressed out about a new house or a new puppy or writing a song and stuff like that. So it's like, there's a lot worse things to be stressed out about. That's for sure. This is making me want to play music though. And I'm staring at, <laughs> I'm staring at two guitars hanging on my wall right now being like, I'm sorry. I haven't played you in a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So um, we'll perhaps leave it there before I um, talk any more about it. And then you just like ripping it off the wall. Cause you're like, that's fine. <laughs> fine. I will play my guitar. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for being on the show. It's been great. Um, I always get nervous talking to bands that I've not really had any um, kind of back and forth with. I was a bit nervous, so hopefully it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was great. It was all good. Thank you so much for chatting. You know, it, I, I kind of like I like these podcasts going on these days because it gets you just talking about music and talking about the band and like what people are doing and not just entirely forgetting about this whole industry that's in the shit right now. So um, thank you for, yeah, thanks for getting a hold of us and chatting with us. That is the idea. And the hope is that people that maybe won't have heard of you will then go, oh, I'll go and listen to them. Um, oh, yeah. You know, out of it. And um, yeah, and try and not talk about COVID too much. Either. Exactly. Exactly. It was the know. perfect amount. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very easy to get lost in, uh, yeah. in that um and current world events yeah um, so yeah so we'll leave that anyway i'll let you go thanks Sweet. for being on and, thank you so much um, and i'll uh, catch you later thank we'll you see you down the road bye bye take care bye. what's gonna happen when everyone goes to sleep maybe i'll wake up i got 11 hours of sleep last night it's better than I got on tour every night Fuck me up even more than the last What can I do? This is the life I chose What do you think?
so much time for me.